everyone and thank you for joining us here on the Recruitment Roundup podcast which is brought to you by BMS Performance. For those of you that are joining us for the first time, BMS Performance is a specialist sales and marketing recruitment consultancy. For the last 30 years, we've been helping businesses across the UK recruit for vacancies at every level. I'm your host, Mike Leather, and every week I'll be joined by a new guest where we'll get stuck into the latest trends in regards to recruitment. We'll talk about insights, we share ideas, we share experiences, and ultimately we look to provide value to fundamentally help you, you whether or not you're a hiring manager, a business leader, or part of an internal talent team to recruit smarter, faster, and more effectively. Today, I'm joined by my colleague, Ed Silipo. Hi, Ed. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks for uh, thanks for the invite. Looking forward to to getting on this and, and having a chat this afternoon. They're getting stuck in. So yeah, we're going to be talking this afternoon about the, the 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 very interesting subject of how sales and marketing teams can work effectively together. But before we dive into that, Ed, why don't you give the audience some background on yourself? Um, why you got into recruitment in the first place? Um, what you do at BMS? And yes. um, and yeah, give them an intro. Sure thing. Um, I mean, I've been with BMS um, coming up to nine years now um, in August, uh, so a long time. Uh, I, I started in uh, sort of like a talent sourcing role uh, and then sort of moved through into business development and now um, manage our London marketing recruitment team. Yeah. Um, falling, I guess, probably like most people, um, I kind of fell into recruitment, not very naive graduate thinking uh, i remember still remember my interview question was what's the split between sales and hr in recruitment <laughs> and i and i went 80 percent hr and uh, the directors at the time uh, had a little giggle and sort of explained to me that, that that's not going to be the case and i've sort of my love for the industry has just grown throughout the years that i've been doing it but yeah. um didn't necessarily think I'd be doing this. I wanted to be a, a drama therapist for the NHS. Wow. Um, Did you really? Yeah, I, I wanted to um, talk about drug patient rehabilitation on the NHS, yeah. but um, I'm here now, and no, I don't. I, looking back yeah. on it, I, I, I think I'm much better suited to this. So, yeah, yeah that's a little bit about me. Yeah. Absolutely fine as well. Have you always worked in um, marketing recruitment at BMS? Yeah. So. Um, when I joined in 2014, it was more on the the B2C FMCG consumer marketing yeah. um, and then made the move to London in 2018. And the, the shift then really focused on on B2B marketing within media publishing events and, and the technology sector. Yeah. And um, before we dive into our subject, um, how is the, the world of marketing recruitment from your end at the moment? Like, How would you describe the market? Um, I would say it's 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 an interesting market. Um, without sort of trying to put too much of an emphasis on it, um, comes with its with its with its challenges. Uh, you know, there there are a lot of businesses out there that have seen um, the marketing teams being let go due to yeah. the economic downturn. Um, but from a London team perspective and what we're seeing, there's still a good amount of opportunity out there for for clients to build out their teams as well as marketers either looking for their first role or yeah. you know your more experienced professionals looking for their next challenge really yeah i mean we just hear mixed feedback across the board some companies uh you know absolutely flying doing really well recruiting a lot other companies in the recruit um to replace scenario it's a mixed bag in, in the sales recruitment world which is the main place that i live um but yeah good to get your take on that and um, 
so this particular subject, how sales and marketing teams can work effectively together. If you think about like the top top performing companies, the market leaders in any industry set, say, they've more often than not got got this licked. The sales teams and marketing teams who work in harmony. Um, you've got the marketing teams pulling in the leads, generating a demand, the sales teams then closing the business, great communication between them. But for the large majority of the co- of companies, and, and I've, I've put BMS in this camp as well, it's a developing um it's a de- it's a developing situation or trying to work on it they're not quite there but it's the holy grail and i think now when we're in um an economy whereby it has tightened up a bit companies are um watching um more about where they where they invest what they spend cash on um it can be harder for salespeople to get appointments and to get in front of decision makers it, it's a probably more crucial time than ever to have the, these two divisions within a company working well together um what would your thoughts and what would your take be on that? I kind of agree with you there, Mike, because it's a really interesting point of discussion in, in marketing recruitment and with with the marketing leaders that I speak to, um, it, it's not something that's going to be achieved overnight. Um, mm. And I think that's a, a very common misconception if a business is to hire a marketer to generate leads, yeah. that business are then expecting results on day 30 when in actual fact there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes there if 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 i take a look at a business that we recruited for called cognizant who everyone knows in the market and and alice and her team have done have done a great job of of making this marketing demand engine they've got it licked as you said um and for me it's it's about trusting a process Mm. and something that if i feel as business as you said tightening market and you know, an opportunity. There's an opportunity to really hone in on the basics and mm. getting that communication between sales and marketing teams synced up, so that in six, twelve months down the line, you're ahead of your competition. You've mm. got that business that are generating a good amount of leads, and you're 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 less worried about where the pipeline's going to come from because you've got this engine constantly fueling that on a you know weekly, monthly, quarterly basis. What is a, a realistic time frame um, for a company to expect a marketer to come in or a marketing function to start being in a place where it's generating um, leads and inquiries for a sales team? Because you mentioned there it's not achieved overnight. Like what what is a, a realistic, would you say? I'd say I don't necessarily think I could put a time frame on that because you've got a number of criteria that, that we speak to companies about and we, you know i'm speaking to marketers about and you know sales leaders who are looking to bring on their first marketers or yeah. your co-founders you know it's about what do you have right now you know you could have um an established marketing function and you are, are doing a bit of lead generation but you're not getting the 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 targeted number of leads or pipeline that you need and you bring someone in to purely focus their time and dedicate their time to that and, and you could probably see some tangible rewards in, in a month if you've got an established function. But a lot of the project work that we do is is helping businesses to, to build out a marketing team. So, you know, you're starting at the top and then adding in different functions and different skill sets that are going to be pieces to a, a bigger puzzle that ultimately yeah. are going to generate that revenue. But that could, that could take six months to a year before you're really reaping the rewards equally. 
if you've got a business that don't have the right buy-in from the sales team or a business that don't see the the beauty that a, a good yeah. commercial marketing team and the value that they can bring, there's the, the probably the, the time limit is probably endless because you're going to be constantly having these battles and you're not going to be getting anywhere. Um, yeah. You know, we, we speak to so many marketeers who are frustrated by uh, businesses who are expecting, you know, oh, you're a marketer, you know, we're expecting leads tomorrow. Mm. And there's that almost that lack of education as to where is the business right now. And it, it kind of it's sort of creating this new marketer that's, you know, more, you know, um, authoritative with these stakeholders to say, look, we're at ground zero. We, you want to you want to be generating I know 100 leads per month it's going to take a little bit of time it's going to be educating your sales team so time frame in answer to your question no real time frame you can see results in 30 days right I'm, yeah. I'm sure you can yeah. but if you're looking for tangible qualif- highly qualified leads you've got to trust that process for a longer period ta- of time I'd say yeah, so there's got to be an appreciation on both sides, hasn't there, from like what the salespeople have got to appreciate, the marketing team's efforts and vice versa. You just touched on them as well, which um, I think it'd be interesting to take the conversation in this in this direction for a short period of time. Um, <clears throat> we help companies um, build out the marketing teams. Yeah. What, and in its very basic form, if you if you were to describe um, like an ideal structure of a marketing team that was built to work with the sales team in order to generate leads and everything like that what people what pieces of jigsaw did they need to fill what people did they need to have in 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 each position so so typically how it works you you line we'll either help them get their sort of head of head of marketing vp of marketing marketing director depending on the business size And, and that's your sort of entry point You've got someone who's going to help with your strategy building, someone who can roll their sleeves up and, and do the doing in the interim of the hiring process. The um, I, I'd say that some of the most successful types of business model within marketing that, that I've been involved with, um, a business called Imogen, they um, have your sort of, yeah, your VP, CMO of marketing, and then they've added in uh, a product marketer uh, to look at the, um, product features and, and the communication of new features to clients or under, you know, they're then understanding maybe some client pain points and relaying that back to the product team. So if your platform isn't doing what it's been, what you think it's going to do, yeah. they're on there to help that. Then you've got, um, content is a big thing. Um, yeah. you know, content creation and is, is so important i think in in that demand in, in in a demand gen function because ultimately you're going to need some engaging content to speak to people at all all ends of the funnel whether that's the top the middle or at the end where you're you're getting close to to passing on a really good lead to sales or helping yeah. them to convert um then digital marketing yeah you know the 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 world has has changed a lot in in the time i've been in recruitment and we used to see a lot of direct mail now you've got direct mail sort of evolving into account-based marketing and it's all done digitally. Um, so digital, and then you're looking at sort of paid advertising to, to get people to your website. Mm. And then we always suggest, and what seems to work is having a, someone dedicated purely to demand generation. Okay. Someone, someone who's purely running those end-to-end camp, either running your you know end-to-end campaigns themselves or utilizing all of those departments to run a multi-channel approach to 
ultimately get people into that top of that funnel as well. Yeah. So thinking about what their customer profile is at the moment and then researching what content's going to align with them, getting that content out there and then that's coming back through hopefully in the form of, of qualified leads. Because I think, I mean, I, I run a sales team at BMS and if I look at the, the, the business development managers in my team, um, it, it's a tough job as it is, 100% new business. But the the largest investment of time that they typically spend within their sales cycle, it is the identifying of opportunities. Who's the decision maker? Why are they a good prospect for us? Why would they um, use us as a as a solution? And then how do we engage with them? Um, if you've got a really slick marketing and marketing and sales um, function, a lot of that, a lot of that data, like you say, can be imported in. So, yeah, good. Okay. What is the um, when you think about companies um, that um, struggle with this? What what are the reasons that that, that they typically struggle? Um, I, I for me, I, I think it's potentially a a lack of education as to the the benefit that that having a unified sales and marketing function mm. and, and what that unification will bring um you know it's 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 getting businesses to start becoming more marketing led is yeah. is the the phrase i would use you know um i think gone gone are the days whereby you can purely be a, uh, in, in my opinion anyway and i'm sure people will probably jump in and say what, what am i on about but um sales-led organizations i think are becoming slowly extinct to a degree because yeah. you you've, you've got forward-thinking businesses that are utilizing a marketing function and and for me if you're maybe unwilling to change your ways unwilling to to see the good that that can come from that i think that's your first um your first stumbling block and then it, it's probably then not necessarily having a, a concrete plan in place as to what you need and when you need to hire it mm. um and and then maybe expectations too high coming back to our earlier point of i'm going to hire a marketer that person's going to be generating leads for me in in two days and then within 30 days, what they're producing is, you know, your customer profile and a more targeted response and a targeted approach that in the long run is going to benefit you. But because they're not seeing wins within two days, it's, oh, this isn't working. This isn't for us. I'm using two days as a pretty extreme example, but yeah. that that would be my, that that would be sort of what I, what I'd say there is that potentially a lack of education on, on the benefit, yeah. uh, a lack of willingness to change. And then not having goalposts that are achievable when you do bring someone in, or you're constantly moving those goalposts, it's just not gonna. It just doesn't benefit anyone. Yeah, yeah. I think um, from coming at this from a sales side, a lot of it comes down to communication as well. You know, the sales team not communicating back to the marketing team about the challenges that they're having communicating back my insights that they're getting like feedback from clients and what clients are saying to them what prospects are saying to them and feeding that right back up through the channel so that marketing can understand how they might need to adapt their approach as well also if they're being supported by email campaigns give them feedback on on those campaigns if we're 
um, creating blog posts as well. I mean, we do a lot of that BMS and we, we, we have a great marketing team that creates loads of blog posts that we use as part of our prospecting strategy. But how good are we at giving feedback to marketing? You know, this this podcast has got me thinking about that as well, because communication is a massive thing, isn't and, it? And it's and it's exactly that. It's, you know, if you if you're going to get someone to come in and, and really help you, uh, and really sort of push a business forward through communication themselves not being able to be open with the communication in the first place is is, is just gonna you're gonna be clashing heads all the time yeah yeah okay um had you mentioned a couple of companies that you'd worked with um yeah. before um you mentioned cognizant you mentioned imaging um but again if we could just do a bit of a deeper dive into this. If you think of the companies that work, that have got sales and marketing working really well together, you know, what are they, they actually doing? How are they doing it? And that, that, that could be a communication piece. It could be something they're doing from a recruitment standpoint. Just any, any ideas that you've got on that, we could yeah. definitely serve as tips to the audience, I think. I'd say shared goals is a is a <clears throat> is is a tip that I that I would give to the audience and you know again it's linking back to communication mike you know having shared goals and and what i think businesses that are doing this really well have a clear alignment clear goals but it's not you know you're integrating marketing with your sales objective with your business objectives and, and that shared goals piece um you know marketing should be aligned with sales teams targets and vice versa right it's it's yeah. it's it's two sides um to it to any sort of um you know both composition the goal aren't they both exactly the same direction you know, so. if you've if you've got them all working in the same direction um you're going you're working towards the same objectives everyone is motivated everyone knows what their activity is contributing to mm. and, and that and that's a big thing um i guess from a you know we talked about content but that sort of marketing content is all about helping to attract potential customers yeah. And, you know, sales can provide that valuable insight into the types of content that's ultimately going to resonate with their prospects and customers. So content collaboration is another thing that another top tip, really, that's helping these businesses, you know, set themselves apart. Um, and then I, I think one thing that having sort of done, a, you know, reading and, and speaking to, to clients is, it's around metrics and analytics um you know marketing and sales i, I feel you know the, the people that have got this licked um they need to be able to track metrics but it's it's an understanding of the why behind those metrics and how making some tweaks or changes is going to ultimately improve performance mm. and then it, quite interestingly I, you know analytics is also then you, you can help teams understand the ways of working um and you know sharing data and insights is always going to benefit everyone in my opinion i think the more data more insights you can provide on a campaign or a bit of outreach you know you can then take if it's not worked you can take that data and you know change it and change your approach to ultimately get to that end goal quicker yeah okay cool there's a, a few points there that i want to um just di dive into somewhat yeah. so when you talk about shared goals what what types of shared goals what exactly what you mean so i mean the, and this is probably speaking on in terms of the, the types of marketing roles we're recruiting for at the moment mike um you know it's having um so the marketers we recruit for are very you know commercial marketers who are in a, a lead generation role 
So okay. you sell, you, if you buy a shared goal, I guess what I'm getting at there is if your sales team are there to, your sales team will need to bring in X amount of leads or convert X amount of leads um, to then to, to then win new business. Your your marketers are not going to be closing that, but it's it's having an alignment on we need to then bring in X amount of leads for right. our sales team. So it's a shared goals on a ultimately a, a few different metrics because one's closing, one's bringing in the opportunities, mm. but having a number to work towards yeah. is I think is is vital because otherwise you know you want to know what you're doing and, and and from a marketing perspective anyway understand what value your your campaigns are bringing for a business yeah and then your sales team then know we need to bring we need to help marketing and we need to work with marketing to get i don't know 100 leads per month yeah. so you've got that alignment there <clears throat> um and i i think transparency on on sort of business goals as well because everyone you know wants to generate revenue for a business and and having marketing as contributing to that i think um really does help you know you, you some of the best companies out there have a marketing team who uh, contribute to pipeline or yeah. can really drill down into the analytics as to how much of the pipeline was brought in through marketing leads yeah um yeah. so i hope that sort of yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. you used a phrase there commercial marketeers um commercial marketeers kpi driven marketeers which sounds quite quite new to me um when you recruit him for clients what what's what what's the appetite from their side to be you know we want um a kpi driven marketer or a marketer that's worked to specific targets um over you know just a general marketer that might not yeah yeah it, it it's very in, I, i'd say it's very industry-led um yeah. but very transferable across across all industries um so for example we, we do we do a, a fair bit in the in technology sector um tech businesses have their mark you know you, you do have marketers that are focused on on brand um and, and communications but the roles that we recruit for as a business are marketers that ultimately are going to be generating leads for that for that sales team so that that's yeah. that's our sweet spot so I use commercial, you know, commercial is is the way I describe it, but yeah, yeah, there is, yeah. you know, it's it's definitely a, an increased appetite. You know, you can get a marketer who's, um, you know, looking for that step up or looking to to move in, move within tech. Um, you go and speak to a co-founder and you can't give them the numbers of numbers, number of leads, um, opportunity and pipeline, um, conversions, um, all of these stats that you probably attribute to a salesperson yeah, yeah, yeah. um you know that there is such a demand for it at the moment it's just it's a, it's a really interesting shift to what people would have previously associated marketing with i think definitely for for, for me and you know my experiences in sales recruitment so um a lot of this is new is new learning for me when you say there's a real shift for that um in your experience when did that kind of begin and how much is it accelerated over the last 12 months I, I think it it began for me with an awareness and a shift into B2B marketing for me. So yeah. when I started at BMS, um, it was B2C marketing is, is what I was doing. So it was a lot of uh, working for brands and you, you, what I would call in-store marketing. Um, so how can we get a, cust a, a consumer to buy our product with you know, in-store workings was the typical role that I recruited for. Mm. Moved into B2B and... I think the first brief that I got from a client and I, it was like, so what, what's the objective of this role? 
and they said ultimately is to bring in leads for our sales team mm. and and that was circa 2018 so it, it it's just almost become ingrained but i'd say since for me since the sort of back end of 2020 there's then become an appetite more so for these sort of revenue driven kpi driven marketers yeah. because I don't know, periods of economic downturn make businesses sort of reflect on what's working, what's not. Yeah. Uh, and there's certainly been since then a, a real drive in, in, in getting these types of profiles in. But I think it's also probably been there for a while. Um, it's just more about the the industry that you that you recruit yeah, for, I guess. Definitely. I think in the, in the tech sector as well, where the traditional sales model is SDR, BDR, account executive, the SDR is very much focused on closing and meetings and appointments and a lot of their data will come through um, marketing teams so it's it's very prevalent there and that type of um sales role we've seen starting to migrate into other industry sectors that we work across as well which is then going to impact on marketing as companies look to replicate those models elsewhere um it's interesting what um what what impact is as if we call with this drive by companies to recruit more KPI driven marketers um had um on on their recruitment I guess like I'm thinking if they're um how can they assess that from a CV it can be if I think about and relate this to sales recruitment target driven people sometimes that's a soft skill that you don't always see on paper yeah so it, it's it's almost echoing that um I, the way you can you know the the cliche is meet someone and and grill them a little bit on that but i guess if you're looking at cvs um you know the the very um the very best will have stats and numbers on their cv much like a salesperson um you know we're talking like there will be stats like number of leads generated or mqls generated or sqls generated or um marketing attributed revenue or number of opportunities created uh, per quarter, little nuances like that. And for me as well, uh, one that sort of stands out, that's a fairly simple one on a CV is collaborating with the sales team. Uh, okay. Yeah. And, and seeing some, if you see, you know, if you're hiring and you, and you see like those types of phrases, 95% of the time you, you, you know what you're going to be getting. Yeah. Um, but, but sometimes, you know, that's, that's not always the case and people, don't put that on there um rightly or wrongly so yeah okay cool you, you touched on there and it you kind of lead me on to my, my next um point which was um from a candidate side how how are they adapt how are they adapting to that potential um change of skill set companies one one of the things you just mentioned is making putting it on the cv that they've collaborated with sales teams but what else are you are you seeing for maybe marketeers who might be um you know midpoint or further on in their career that they're on the market and they might not have ordinarily been that target focused like what 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 are they doing uh, i'd say like they will always be target focused um it, it, i think it just depends on how you articulate that right. um if you're if you're typically again um if you're in the b2b lead generation space depending on where you are in your career, you might be doing more strategic work. And if so, it's then looking at how you've developed your team to become these demand gen lead generation marketers. 
I would always, you know, advise people to sort of, you know, take if you, if you if it's not on your CV or you don't think it's there, it's taking a step back to sort of really think about what you do and your job description, because ninety five percent of the time it's there. It's you're probably just struggling to articulate that, and that's you know something that that we do when when we're speaking to candidates is talk get them to talk about their role because you don't necessarily see it on the CV. And then once they're they're explaining all of their experience, it's then sort of flagging it to them that you should probably put this on your CV because it's going to help, A, give you a better opportunity in the market, but make you more attractive um, as a candidate. Great. Cool. A few tips for um for, for, for candidates there and, and back on the on the com- company side. Um, I guess this is a point that we can kind of um, wrap up around, but um companies that are doing really well attracting this type of talent what are they doing differently to attract them in your experience and what you're seeing to the companies that are maybe saying to you oh, struggling to recruit we can't get people um through the door the ad response is poor whatever it might be um i'd say it comes down to the like the the the, the company's presence in in their space hmm. um you know you, there are so many different, and I'm speaking about tech here. You know, there are so many tech businesses. Each one's got their own num x number of competitors, right? The you know, if you're struggling to hire, but your competitor is doing a good job, first thing I look at is look, okay, how is the brand perceived in the market? And you know, that might be even as simply as looking at Glassdoor. Yeah, you know, yeah. people still care about perception and Mm. what employees think about you know linkedin is such a good tool to see employee engagement employee interaction even something as simple as you know your socials on linkedin people do look at that and thought that was more important than ever as well for marketing recruitment because of the 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 nature of how those people's minds would work they would naturally look on social media so you're looking at linkedin are are, is your company are your company present are they are they doing you know things that you want to see people doing on on linkedin and engaging with all their audience and then also their employees um you then got your your glass doors and your reviews which i always say to companies look have a look at that because people do look and if you're you know serious about your job search you will go and have a look and see look what do people say what are people saying um so that's the first point brand and positioning of a brand um i guess the second point is how much you can i say sell an opportunity to a candidate interview um but the the really good businesses that hire easily have got a leader either a marketing leader or a sales leader that that is part of the interview process that people then buy into yeah uh, a big thing is i want to work for this person i really yeah. like my job i really like my job at the moment i want to see what else is out there they meet a cmo or a, a, a co-founder um or, or an md that they that person lives and breathes that product. That person is someone that's encouraging development and encouraging you to be the best, your, your best version of yourself. That's what they're doing well as well. You know, you go into an interview with someone and you, you don't necessarily get a good feeling from them or you're, you're not excited. They don't seem excited. You're going to go away and, and probably be like, that's, that's not for me. Um, so I'd say having that senior leadership buy-in but senior leadership that wants to keep you, develop you, train you. 
Yeah, that's massively important, is it? How how I I, I think that's gem- when when people get into an interview process, they typically come out either bought into the people they meet with or they don't, and that is the reason that they want to progress into it. It's very rarely about then who the company are and and what it is that they sell or they do. It's about the people that they work with, isn't it? Always always is always is. That point makes total sense. Yeah, and and then it's, I guess it's having a, a good, interview process and a, and a, a synced up interview process. Yeah. Um. The last, you know, we get businesses that will do, you know, two three stages, and and, and that's an opportunity for you to meet the team, meet other meet other divisions to see, look, is the culture going to be for me? Um. I think once you're then you then extend you know we have we've example we've had businesses who will will extend processes over the years or you know we'll, we'll make candidates jump through several hoops for for the role mm-hmm. um the candidate then become the, the love is lost a little bit the candidates yeah. are probably trying to scream out in an interview well if you really want me why am i why am i having to do all of this other companies are making me do a, a, a smoother sharper process why am i in stage five six seven when <laughs> I, i've done two stages with, with yeah. company x and they yeah. did it in three days and they the feedback's been consistent they love me and i'm going to join that business because i i feel a bit disengaged with your process yeah um so that, that i think those are probably three things that that they're doing well at the moment I'd yeah say. Great, and, and three great tips to leave the audience with. And on, on that note, we'll we'll wrap this up, Ed. So thank you very much for coming on. Really enjoyed this conversation. Really have. Hope the audience have too. And um, we'll definitely have you back on again. Sounds good to me, Mike. Really appreciate good. it. Great. Okay. So next week's podcast, um, we'll be back in the world of sales recruitment where my colleague uh, Matt Hudson will be joining us and we hope to hear from you all and see you all again then. So that wraps up another episode of the Recruitment Roundup podcast. Thank you very much for listening to the show, to watching the show. Um, We really appreciate your support. It would be absolutely fantastic um, if you could give us a rating on Apple, on Spotify, give us a review. Um, Any feedback really, really helps and is massively appreciated. So thank you once again for joining us and we will hopefully see you again next week.